Hey, it's Kim Commando today, your daily podcast to keep you up to date with all things digital and beyond. And I'd love to have you be a part of our podcast. You can make an appointment to speak with me. Just head over to commando.com and on the top right, there's a button that says email Kim, fill that out and that's it. I always like to start with something interesting. And do you have cyberchondria? As it turns out, it may not be a bad thing that you turn to Google every time you think something's wrong with your health. Researchers at Harvard Medical School found that Dr. Google is often correct. That right. And since knowledge is power, having more insight into your health condition does not induce anxiety or stress. It actually reduces it. So you can just Google away all of your health concerns. And if you're really worried about that red patch on your arm, you know, try not to make any rash decisions. Yes. And on that happy note, welcome to another hour of America's most trusted source for all things digital. It's the largest show about anything relating to consumer electronics. And you can find us on over 425 top stations across the United States. And we're actually in uh, your favorite streaming radio app, too. Just search for My Last Name Commando. Or if you want to help support everything that we do, make sure that you get a Commando Community membership. Because with that, you also get three months of archives of the show and the webcast and the podcast and all kinds of good things like that. And that's over at GetKim.com. And a special thank you goes out to our servicemen and women who are listening on the American Forces Network radio. And our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 5254 is the way to join us. All right. Every single day, I visit at least 30 different websites and I read all the headlines and white papers, anything I can get a hold of, especially for this part of the show where I like to talk about future tech. Have you ever wondered if we are all living inside a computer simulation and we don't even know it. It's the premise behind the metrics movies, of course. So there's this astronomer at Columbia University, David Kipling, and he published a paper based in part of an Oxford philosopher's 2003 paper. And here's what they found, that civilizations will go extinct before being able to create a real computer civilization. We have no desire to do that. But if you combine the first two that we're not living in a simulation because we don't have the tech or we already are in one, he said, basically, it's a coin toss. We could be, we could not be living in a computer simulation. What do you think? Do you think we are? Let me know on Twitter. Be curious. Uh, number two on our list, the ballooning industry of space travel. You could, a company based in uh, space, Kennedy Space Center in Florida called Space Perspective. They are building the spaceship Neptune capsule. Now, would you get in this? A 650-foot hydrogen-filled balloon, okay? They have a space lounge, a bar where you can get food, a glass of champagne, mood lighting, music. It sounds pretty luxurious. It's a six-hour trip. Uh, it's a slow trip, rather, to cover up 18 miles to the top most layer of the atmosphere. Uh, two hours up, two hours down, two hours while you're hanging out there. So the whole ride is six hours long. Uh, the tickets cost $125,000. That's right. The first launch is scheduled for 2024, and it's already sold out. Uh, then there's the Worldview Enterprises. They have their own balloon. It's going to launch in 2024. And a uh, ticket there only costs $50,000. guess they don't have the mood lighting. Something. Uh, number three in our list is I want a room with a view, please. That's right. The world's first space hotel is getting ready to open its doors in 2027, this is Future Tech. The hotel looks like a wheel with spokes. There's rooms and dining areas, 24 modules, all connected by elevator shafts. So this rotating wheel simulating gravity, and it's going to float right above the Earth's atmosphere. That's 54 nautical miles, 62 miles, 330,000 feet above the Earth's sea level. So 
No word yet on how you're going to get to the Space Hotel or how much it costs. But there will be a few things, like there will be weightlessness issues to deal with, and there are effects on human bodies, and even frogs in space. I don't know if you know this. I mean, no one likes to talk about it, but the frogs in space, you know what they say is, obit, obit, orbit, orbit. All right. Ooh, tough crowd. Number four on our list, your next set of speakers actually can be built into a wallpaper. MIT engineers have created this ultra-thin speaker that not only produces sound, but it makes any surface it's on produce sound. Wow. Imagine that your wallpaper now is your speakers, your surround sound. That would be really something. Uh, the speakers are typical, work, use electrical currents, magnetic fields that vibrates a membrane that manipulates air and produces sound waves. Yeah, that was a little technical in the weeds, but just know that it works. Uh, they are only... 0.12 millimeters thick, made up a grid of raised domes that vibrate independently of each other. So they say within five years, we'll be able to buy speakers that are made into wallpaper. That is something, or wallpaper made into speakers, however we want to look at it. I think it's a sound idea. And finally, coming in at number five, smarter screws. Researchers have developed a smart, self-powered screw that automatically sends out alerts when it becomes loose. Now, where would that become useful? Hmm, yes, bridges, cranes, scaffolding, critical infrastructure, amusement park rides, roller coasters, things of that nature. Anything that would actually need regular safety inspections. Uh, maybe the bridges around our country, many are in disrepair. So it's called the Smart Screw Connection. It's made up of a screw with a pre-attached washer. Now, the washer has a special film that can detect a change in pressure through electrical resistance. And then when that happens, a radio module built into the screw sends a wireless signal to a base station that's then relayed to whoever needs to know. No batteries are required. They are harvesting energy so that the screws continually generate electricity on their own. Wow. That bridge may have always looked sketchy, but now you know if it has a few screws. All right, stay right where you are. We've got a lot of things to share. We've got some gotchas when you're sending text messages and five critical steps you need to take with your printer to keep the hackers out. And of course, we have all of your great phone calls here on the Kim Commando Show. Hey, our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open. I'd love to hear from you. And how about we start with Robert in Toledo, Ohio. Hello there, Robert. It's an honor to talk to the digital goddess. And uh, certainly I appreciate all that you do and your newsletters and things and just kind of inform us. And I'm kind of an older tech kind of person. So my question was, um, I have an iPhone 8 Plus, so I'm way behind in phones. And <laughs> I won't, I'm trying not to laugh at you, Robert. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm way behind, I think. But I've been looking at this iPhone 14 and Pro Max 14. Sure. Can you maybe give me a, some advice? Well, obviously, you hang on to your phones for quite a while. Okay. <laughs> That's Correct. good. Uh, you know, unlike me, I have to waste money every year, it seems like, on a new iPhone. That, quite frankly, I mean, I have the iPhone 14 Pro Max and my old case on the 13 Pro Max fits it. And I think if you just showed me one over the other, be like, okay, and what's the difference, right? I mean, but there is a difference. So what do you use your phone for? Um, basically, um, I'm not using a lot for camera kind of stuff. And I know the Pro Max, that's their, that's one of their things. Yeah, but, that's the big um, 
I'm a little older, like I'm 71, so I'm not doing a lot of gaming, those kind of things. Um, of course, when I go to events, I have to use it to put all my tickets in my uh, Apple wallet, those kind of things. So I'm a little sure. techie, but I'm not probably as, you know, one millionth as techie as you or any, a lot of other people. Well, you know, the, the, you have the iPhone 14, you have the 14 Plus, right? Then you got the 14 Pro, and then you got the 14 Pro Max, right? It's just, uh, so, so, so going, to, if you probably don't need, let's just take out the 14 Pro Max, because you don't need that one, because that one has the 48 megapixel camera. And if you're not going to be taking a lot of videos and photos, then why bother, right? We don't need that. Right. Um, and the same thing with the Pro has the 48 megapixel. So you're probably looking at the, the difference between the 14 and the 14 Plus, now, the difference here is screen size. The 14 is 6.1 inch. The 14 plus is 6.7 inch. So if you like to do a lot of reading on your phone, that might be helpful for you to have that extra screen real estate. But it may be too big to put, in, to put inside your front pants pocket type of thing or back pocket, whatever it may be. But it definitely will fit in a jacket pocket. Uh, you know, those two phones are pretty much the same except for just the size. And for some reason, the 14 Plus, it gets, uh, let me see, 26 hours of battery life versus 20 with the iPhone 14. So it's a little bit better uh, than, so it, it boils down to you as far as which size will really work with you if you want a 6.1, 6.7. It, it, there's also a really... Uh, now that you're 71, there's also another trick. I don't know if you've ever used the magnifier. Have you ever used the magnifier? Uh-huh. Yeah, I have used okay. it. Okay. okay, that thing's amazing. And if you are using it a lot, you might actually like that extra screen real estate because at this point you can see more of whatever you're trying to look at, right? So, um, so and, if you, and by the way, if you haven't used the magnifier, just do a search on your iPhone, type in magnifier, and then if you ever need to read like some small print serial number or whatever it is that also has a light, you can take a picture of it. It's really... It's really sweet. Really, really is a great little app. So, uh, so Robert, based on everything that you told me, I, I think I would just go with the iPhone 14 Plus. That's really what I would because, I again, you're not using that camera. Save yourself some money and make sure you get that Apple Care plan because uh, you keep your phones for a really long time. And, again, thank you for your kind words and thank you for your call. Hey, when you start thinking about what you can use that old phone for, if you're not going to sell it or donate it, it makes a great security camera. You can give it to the kids. Uh, it could be just used as your video chat device. A wireless webcam, you can put that anywhere. An alarm clock, a TV remote, or maybe just a dedicated ebook reader. If you need steps on how to do any of that, just search for old phone, new uses at commando.com. Uh, Nick in Columbus, Ohio. Hello there, Nick. So I have a question about trying to get one cell phone, my personal phone, to work at, uh, with my new employer so I don't have to carry two phones. They have this program I never heard before, Moss 360, and that contains my work email and my work calendar. So if me or others were to leave the company, they could delete the app and all those work accounts disappear from my phone. Okay. All right. That makes sense. However... Okay. I'm sorry? I said, no, that makes sense. That's great. So, but the problem is my, my uh, text records, texting records, and phone records that are work involved would not be contained So, for me or for others. So if this MOS 360 contained email, calendars, 
texting and phone under a separate dedicated work number, that would solve the issue. I don't know in 2022 if that technology really exists. So I was kind of hoping to give my IT department some ideas. Well, they're probably retaining all this for legal reasons, corporate records. I mean, a lot of companies do that, Uh, especially text messages. Are you guys using Slack or anything like that as well? Okay. Um, You know, what I would recommend is instead of carrying two phones, because that is really cumbersome, um, there's got to be a way, well, I guess it would be dependent upon the make and model of the phone, whether it's Apple or Android. But my initial thought was for you to maybe use Google Voice. Where Have you ever heard of Google Voice? You know what that is? I have not, no. Okay. Um, Google Voice is, is an amazing app, and it's absolutely free. Uh, what it does, it gives you a second phone number on your phone. And so that this way... Uh, like you can, you can pick whatever phone number that you want out of their data bank. And so and it doesn't matter area codes or whatever. So, so you get a second phone number that will ring in on your existing phone. And I'm sure that there's probably a way that if you guys were using Google Drive, that it could probably tie into that some, some way. But Google Voice is, it's, it's really a phenomenal thing from Google that they don't talk enough about, if that makes sense to you. Like, okay, for example, yeah. when, you get a, when you get a voicemail, the voicemail is transcribed. So you get it via email. Okay. So you're not sitting there. Oh, and if somebody does call you and they go to voicemail, you can listen to their reply in real time, their voice reply in real time. And then you can pick up the phone if you wanted to. You can set up call forwarding rules. You can record phone calls. And all this is part of Google Voice. Uh, you can easily switch phones because if you're going to have a new phone, you just take the Google Voice number with you. You can make conference calls. You can block certain numbers. You can say it's spam, and uh, you can send calls to to different places depending upon the time of day. And Google Voice is free, so I'm just wondering if if there's a way that the IT folks could use Google Voice somehow instead of carrying two phones. Uh, I'm not sure if it's possible because I don't not really. I've never heard of this app that you're using, but I'm familiar with the app in in concept because. Okay. There's so much that's happening now on your personal phone when you are during the business day. I mean, there's no way to say, I'm not going to take anything on my phone personally between 8 and 5. Those, those days are long gone. Okay, That barn door yes, has are. been open a long time and even pre-COVID, right? So, uh, so you know, if, if there was a way that, that maybe Google Voice, that you could use Google Voice for your personal stuff on that phone... And maybe you have your personal phone number transferred to that phone that has that app on it. And then, you know, whatever call comes in on that phone, that's your personal stuff. And so this way you're not carrying two phones for that. That may be an option. Um, But let me do some research for you. And let me see if there's something else that may be able to work better. But in the interim, Nick, try Google Voice. Just go to Google.com slash voice and try it. Uh, I've used it for a long time. I've put it on many folks, family members' phones. As a matter of fact, when I had a couple of properties in Maui, which I've since sold, by the way, um, during COVID, I sold them, that I was using Google Voice as my my Verbo and Airbnb phone number, and it worked out really, really well. 
And so, again, if you need a second phone number on your existing phone, really, it's definitely worth checking out Google Voice. And Nick, thank you for your call. If I find anything out, I'm going to reach back out to you. Make sure that we have your uh, good email address for you so I can, I can get a hold of you that way. I'll tell you, Google Voice is really phenomenal. All right, coming up, we've got gotchas about unsending text messages and then your printer. That's right. You need to make sure that it's locked down from the hackers. And I'm going to tell you how here on the Kim Commando Show. All right, if you have an iPhone 8 or later, one of the best features of iOS 16 is the ability to edit and unsend text messages. But it's not as clear-cut as it seems. I mean, don't think for a moment that when you unsend a text, the recipient will never know. The recipient gets a notification. Not sure why it works like that when the whole idea is you probably want to unsend something that you didn't mean to send in the first place. Anyway, it only works with iMessage, iPhone to iPhone, and you and the recipient must be running iOS 16. You can only take back a message within two minutes of sending it. The recipient can read your message before you unsend it. And if you unsend a message, it will disappear from the recipient screen. But they're going to be notified, again, that you unsent it. And then comes the awkward phone call from that person. Did you just uh, send and unsend me a text message? And what was the reason for that anyway? All right. This is part of the show where we like to welcome our amazing content queen, Allie Seligman. Hello there, Allie. Hi, Kim. So you are going to uh, help us make money. Speaking right? of phones, yes, I sure am. Yes. Okay, All I'm right. not gonna. I'm gonna give you listening a little chance to think about this. But this week, an unopened first generation iPhone sold. Guess how much <laughs> it sold? You know the answer. You know the answer. Well, well, wait a minute. Put on yes, your thinking so, cap. Yes. And so, if you're in the community, make sure you put it in the chat. Absolutely. Okay? Um, we'll get and the answer is $39,000. $39,000, more than 50 times what it originally That's, sold for. That is. That's nuts. So, And all of us across the world thought, why didn't I think to buy an original iPhone and just put it in the A closet? Yeah. yeah. That's it. Leave yeah. it right there, all sealed up. Oh, all right, so... So, so we, so we, you have a list of some phones that are worth big bucks. I sure do. Yes. So, a company called Protect Your Bubble—they sell mobile phone insurance. They did a lot of research, actually. So, we got to give them the credit. They went through eBay and found, okay, what are the top-selling old phones, ones that you can make the most money on? It's a really interesting study. We wrote about it over on Commando.com too. They also listed how many of these sold, so you can have a good idea of, all right, if I have this in my drawer, somebody will buy it. Now, I'm just going to do the top five. They compiled the top 20, which was a ton. Wow. And this is pretty interesting. 17 of the top 20 Nokias. Hmm. Really? Yeah, so many Nokias. But we are going to start with the top five, and I'm going to go number five first, the Motorola Razor 2, the better, thinner <laughs> uh, version of the Razor. Now, yes. we all had one of these, right? Exactly. I, mine was pink. Mine was pink as well. Yes. Uh, and these phones can sell for about 268 bucks, which is not bad for an old phone that might just be sitting around, right? Exactly. Yeah, pretty good. Okay, number four, we have the iPhone 3G. The naming conventions of the early iPhones were always a little confusing because the 3G was technically kind of the iPhone 2. It was the second iPhone. And it had, it came out in 2008. It introduced GPS, so this was the first time we had turn-by-turn -turn navigation, which was pretty cool. This thing ran iOS 2. <laughs> Isn't oh. that funny to think about? Um, and it also had 
for the first time email that updated as you got email. So instead of having to actually go in and manually check for email every time, it just gave you your emails. Imagine that. Mm. All right. It also had the app store for the first time. That's when the app store came out. At number three, we have the original iPhone. Now, yes, if you got one in the box, $39,000 could be yours. Probably not, though. It's probably old and scratched up and, you know, sitting in a drawer. Um, for that one, though, $608. That's not bad. That's really I mean, not bad. I, I'll take that. I, I would, what do you have next? What's, what's number two on our list? That is the HTC Touched Diamond 2. This was basically. I don't think I ever had the I never had the one of those. I didn't have an HTC either. This was 2009. It was basically trying to compete against the iPhone. This was, they called it the, the personal digital assistant from Windows. So it was, you know, paired up HTC and Windows. Okay. Right. And number one, the Motorola Dynatac. Of course, this was the first cell phone. So most of us, of course, we're not going to have this sitting around. But if you do, you can get about $2,000 for it. I think we have one in the studio. Should we put it on eBay? <laughs> no, we might want to. I think we. Wait, do how too. much was how, how much was the eight, the HTC? How much can you get for that? That was also about six hundred and eight dollars. Funny, oh, those were it? about the same. Yep, six hundred bucks wow. for that. Okay. Now, there's not a huge market for these Dynatacs because there's just not a ton out there. In the past year, only twelve have been sold. So if you got one, there's probably people waiting to bid on it. Well, you know what. Why don't we, um, somebody in Phoenix needs to take that and put that, <laughs> that away, just saying. No, I'm sure. We'll hide it. We'll hide so, it. So over at commando.com, you have the entire list? We do. Yep. Check it out. See if you got a little money sitting around in a closet or mm. in a drawer. And we don't even want a piece of the action. No. We're just doing this because we're nice people. We like you. Allie, great. <laughs> yes. Allie, great job as always. You do. You do a fabulous job. And, you know, folks, let me tell you, the content on commando.com is all because of Allie giving every single thing her blessing. And so if you don't visit the website every single day, I'm just telling you, you're missing out. Allie, great job as always. We'll talk to you soon. All right, you probably haven't thought about this, but if you have your printer on your network, it's susceptible to hackers, and then the hackers can get right into your network by using your printer. I know, it's crazy. So what we want to do is make sure that you have your printer secure. You want to update the firmware. I'm going to go through this very quickly, but we have the steps on the site. Number two, you want to limit access to those people who you only trust. And if you can keep it off the network, the safest way to connect your printer to one computer is by using a USB cord. Of course, you want to set a password. Yes. And then you want to secure any networked pass, any network printers as well. So, you know, keep this in mind that if you have a printer, you just don't want to just throw it onto the network without thinking about it. You need to make sure that you lock that sucker down, too. And we've got the steps over at commando.com. Hey, stay right where you are. We have more of your phone calls as well as what exactly is encryption anyway here on the Kim Commando Show. All right, Lillian in Tucson, Arizona, you're up next. Hello there. I was a Google girl for, uh, I don't know, probably over 20 years. Everything was Google. I promoted it to everyone, but I am so fed up with the same sort of things of controlling the information, blocking emails they don't want people to get and all that kind of stuff. And I've been, I, I immediately when I have a business a little further south than uh, Tucson and Tombstone and I created a website for that. So now I have my own uh, URL so that I can get my own email instead of my business name at Gmail. Nice. 
and uh, mm-hmm. but I'm using Outlook, and I'm just as fl- frustrated with Outlook and their controls of everything as well. So I've been looking for an alternative, and I searched. I looked. I went to all of those different email programs. There's nothing that actually works like Gmail does, where you have your calendar, your contacts, and your photos all linked together, and your ability to search your um, filter, your emails, or even in a conversation. So one of my frustrations is with Outlook. When I go to search for an email, I search the word, and then I realize, oh, wait, it was an email I sent, so I have to go to the and search the sent box because it doesn't search both boxes. So frustrating. Google does. Google does. Yeah. yeah, it's so frustrating. It, it's it's. I don't know. I, I shouldn't say this, but I don't know why people still use Microsoft Outlook. <laughs> my, my sister does. Okay, and I spent a week with her in Hawaii, and of course because I was the on-site tech support at that right. point. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I understand she's my that. dear sister. She's my dear sister, so I can't say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm here for the Mai Tais. You know, I'm not here to fix Outlook. Um, that it's and, and part of it is her fault. She saves everything and mm-hmm. she emails everything. Mm-hmm. And she's a doctor and she's this is just not her big gig. Right. I and mean, this is not her right. gig. Her gig is is taking a child who has never said, I love you, mommy. And the child's 10 years old, and within a year and a half, this kid is doing second grade work and telling mom and dad that he loves her. I mean, right. that's she, she's she's a miracle worker, really, but she is. And, right, so, and when you have priorities like that, you don't have time to find an email system that works right. better for you than Outlook or Google and <laughs> Gmail. Exactly. Right. So I, I mean, so let me just let me tell you what I've done, and I don't know if this is what you want to do, but I have found that it has incredibly simplified my life. Okay. Is that I have switched, and I did this many years ago, totally against everybody around me, and at the risk of of alienating some listeners, is that I said, forget Microsoft. I'm done with Microsoft. I'm done with Windows, with Windows updates, uh, with Outlook at that time, Microsoft Word, uh, Excel, PowerPoint, and the the proprietary of this and that, and and it's just it just I just got fed up. So right. I went and bought myself I went and bought myself a MacBook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have an iPhone. I have an iMac now. I have an iPad. And I'm finding that it has incredibly simplified my life. That I don't ha- if I if I have a photo on my phone, I have it on my laptop. I have it on my iMac. And if I want to find something, I just use the little spotlight feature, and I can say uh, Lillian in 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 Tombstone. And anything that says Lillian in Tombstone, it suddenly pops up on my screen. Whether it's a doc, or it's an email, or it's a presentation, or it's a photo, whatever it may be. And so that's what I've done. And it makes, and when you have everything synced to iCloud and everything's all working nicely, and it does, it just works, is that I'm not dealing with the frustrations. And so I'm, I'm moving my sister gradually to this. She has, now she has an iMac, she has a MacBook, she has an iPhone. I just can't get her to get her, her nails off of Outlook yet. <laughs> right. So 
I'm and see, I've always been it. like you against the whole Microsoft thing. I've been kind of against the whole Apple theory with that. And I've never had an iMac, uh, I mean, an iPhone, an iPad. I did, I, I learned programming on the Macintosh back in school. And I had, when I first started teaching, I had one of those uh, Mac laptops, but I sure. haven't used one in all those years. So I just, it's crazy that you can't even use a device unless you have an iPhone or, uh, or like an i account or a Google account. I, I mean, cause even I tried to get away from the Google, I'm back on uh, I can't even get to my calendar without having a Google account. It, it makes well, no sense. You know, if 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 you want, you know, I can give you some tips on, you know, using uh, the calendar and Outlook and and you know how you can maybe convert some things. I mean, Microsoft has a lot of tools online about how to do that because obviously they want to pull everybody away from Gmail, right, and Google over to mm-hmm. their camp. Uh, but I'm just telling you that that. If you can, go to Tucson, go to the Apple Store, and ask them to show you how integrated the iCloud can be. So you can have just one central spot, one central place that everything will come in, the information comes in, the information comes out, and you're not getting frustrated trying to do whatever you want to do. Now, at at this point, I know that there's somebody who's listening right now and you're getting on social, or you're going to jump on my, on email, or whatever you're going to do, and you're going to say, Cam Commando, you know, you just are promoting Apple because they're paying you to promote Apple. You know what? If there's anybody listening right now who you work at Apple, and you'd like to buy some ads, I'm totally, come on over. Apple has never, ever, ever, in the history of this radio show, almost 25 years now, Apple has never given us a dime in advertising. Never. Every Apple product that I have, I pay for. Every single one out of my pocket. So don't even think about I'm saying this because Apple's a sponsor. They're not. I'm just saying that they've got a de- they've got a great gig going on. And if you're tired of dealing with all this other crap that Microsoft throws at you in Google... Sometimes you have to go to the dark side, and that's the Apple side. Lillian, thank you so much for your call. You know, Apple has this new thing called Hide My Email, and that's where you can generate unique random email addresses that actually forward to your personal email account. So if you ever are wondering, like, if this website sketchy, you, you're wondering if they're going to sign you up to a whole bunch of stuff. If you're on Apple, make sure that you check out Hide My Email. Now, I'm sure you've heard the word encryption. It's tossed around like everything, everybody knows what it means. Well, not really. And so let me explain. It has to do with your privacy, of course. Encryption is a way of scrambling a text message so that no one can see what it says until the message reaches the recipient. So if you text someone, what time are you leaving? The moment you hit send, the message is turned to a bunch of numbers and letters. The message stays like that as it passes through carriers and services. When the person receives the message, it's automatically unscrambled so that they can read it. Now, if you're using an iPhone and the Messages app, the text bubble is blue. That means that the message is encrypted. If the text bubble is green, it's not. On Google Messages, the lock icon means that the text is encrypted. Okay? And I don't know if you know this, but the ancient Egyptians were so concerned about security, they, were, they really were, that everybody who was important... They got encrypted 
Ooh, that was bad. Hey, don't forget, 24-7, you can always find me online at our website. That's commando.com, of course. Hey, thanks for listening to Kim Commando today. So reach over and give me a nice five-star review. Yes, thank you. And thanks for listening. <laughs>